0: When we seize opportunities to learn and lead, such as working across different industries, seeking collaboration and mentorship, joining a board or committee, or investing in lifelong learning, we're better able to drive value within organisations. Marketers who feel personally and professionally fulfilled, heard and seen by their leaders and empowered to make decisions are able to have a more meaningful impact on customers. Are you seizing opportunities to learn and lead? Storytelling is connecting a speaker the and a listener and perfect. Perfect. so to build a full customer experience. People want authenticity. This episode of the CMO show is brought to you by Filtered Media, Australia's most respected brand storytelling agency, telling your story brilliantly. Hello friends, how are you going? Mark Jones here. Great to have you with us again on the CMO show. My guest today is Annie Havercroft. She's Director of Brand Innovation and Marketing at Verizon Media ANZ. Now, on this episode, Annie and I talk about how to build brands that people love, interpreting global messages for a local audience, and how marketers can connect people to their passions with storytelling. Let's go to my conversation with Annie. Annie Havercroft, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Mark.
0: Now, I want to jump straight into the brand. Verizon is not a particularly well-known name in Australia. So what is Verizon Media?
1: So Verizon Media is actually the media arm of the US telco business, Verizon. So in Australia, we effectively own consumer brands that you might be familiar with, like Yahoo. We also have um, a suite of ad tech, that help our advertising um, customers connect to their audiences it's publishing as well as our technology. yeah I think okay. that's our um, sweet spot. We straddle this intersection of culture, which is publishing and all the Yahoo brands that you're familiar with, and code, what we call um, the technology side of the business. So the ability to identify and target audiences and to be able to scale that for our advertising partners. So it's that intersection of culture and code and how to really truly connect with um, uh, an audience for our advertising partners.
0: The interesting thing for me about that is uh, Yahoo 7, uh, was quite well known in the media in the Australian landscape. If you go back a few years, I think it was in the sort of 2000, 2005, Earlier, anyway, there was a whole series of different mergers and acquisitions. We saw the Seven Group, you know, depart. There's been a huge amount of change from a legacy Yahoo perspective. All the people who've been part of that organization and the merged entity, and so on. So, if you think about it over the past four or five years, huge change and developing a new brand. Really, that's the fascination for me, is is how have you come into the business and and thought about that? You've got a global entity with a direction and a vision, and then you've got all the unique uh, aspects of how the brand has existed in the local marketplace. So how did you begin that journey?
1: The journey for me personally with Yahoo started about four or five years ago. What drew me to the business was technology and ad tech side of things. It was dynamic. It was innovative in terms of what we were providing advertisers and how to connect with their audiences. The part of the business that was creating content was also incredibly powerful because you were having household names like Yahoo um, connecting to your consumers. I think Richard Branson talks about it really nicely in terms of legacy, and it's about building something that is fun that you pass on to the next generation so that they have the freedom to do what they want with it. And that last piece of freedom, I think, is what I hold on to when I think about legacy. You know, Yahoo was there right at the beginning of the internet, you know, back in 94, uh, when it was Jerry and David's Guide to the World Wide Web. And we have a wonderful brand that people are familiar with. My role is to make that contemporary and relevant to audiences today. And what you see from a consumer point of view is brands that we've invested in for the last few years, like Yahoo Finance, had a lot of potential. We were just at the bottom of the top 10 in terms of finance news sites in Australia with huge demand for financial information from a consumer point of view. And the vision we had there and the mission that we wanted to deliver was to empower Australians to take control of their finances. So as a digital brand, you kind of interact with your consumers on a 2D basis. And a few years ago, we embarked on a journey to bring the brand out and to personify it So, you know, that was above the line advertising investment, huge marketing campaigns, as well as bringing our amazing editorial team like Sarah O'Carroll, who's our editor in chief out into the world to meet the readers. So Mm. we launched, you know, Yahoo Finance Summit, which was the pinnacle of our brand. It was a one day opportunity for us to share with the Australian consumers all the big issues, from a macroeconomic point of view, you know, the future of work, the, um, the financial advice that you need to know about to improve your finances, mm. and all the various things that really matter to Australian consumers. And uh, and it's been a, a, a wonderful journey. We've seen a massive growth in our following from a Yahoo Finance perspective, what was really interesting was that we spotted this particular segment in the market. So it's all Australians we want to empower. Yeah. But what we noticed was we had feedback from female readers mm-hmm. who wanted to find out more about finance. And mm-hmm. they weren't seeing the information and the um, content that they were reading on Yahoo Finance was really simple, straightforward, and practical. Mm. So at the start of last year, we launched um, an initiative called the Women's Money Movement okay. for Yahoo Finance just to cater to women. And we recognize an opportunity to skill up um, women and help them with their finances. Yeah.
0: I think um, what's interesting to me is is that's really quite visionary and opportunistic in terms of creating opportunities for each of those different entities. Mm. And as you say, personalizing and, and of connecting them to important causes or movements, and and creating opportunities for communities to come together. And before we get sort of too far down into the the individual brands, I was I was interested to connect that to if you like brand strategy, mm. because I think this is something that a lot of marketers wrestle with. Is that I've got two brands that I'm thinking about, or in your case, multiple. Mm. Uh, but in a simplified version, we're thinking about Verizon Media, yeah, and then you've got Yahoo and the suite of products what comes first Uh, and how do you think about how they're positioned? Mm. And and I've I've seen this go both ways.
1: I think it depends on the context in terms of what comes first. Um, From a corporate point of view, um, we look at the mission of what we're trying to do and Verizon's mission is about creating the networks that move the world forward and that is the spine that kind of pulls everything together um, in terms of the assessment and the criteria of is what we're doing Helping people connect is what we're doing, moving the world forward for good, for the better. And so from that, everything kind of lynches off from, um, from that particular point. We've got a program that's been running for years and it's various guises. It's called the Verizon Media Academy. Mm. And it started as a two-day boot camp on the basis that we saw our advertising customers wanting to upskill their next generation of leaders and their rising stars, and it's an exclusive um, boot camp that we work with our advertising customers and partners on, and it's all about building that class and that cohort, helping them build their personal brand because these are the next generation of um, leaders. They're building their customers' brands, they're building their agencies' brands, they're building their clients' brand, but they're not necessarily focused or know how to develop their own professional brand. So that was a really interesting area for us to help them move their world forward and move society forward. What we discovered when the world broke last year, uh, as we were flying all these or planning to fly all these people in um, from across Australia and New Zealand, Mm. was that we needed to think really quickly and differently in terms of how we deliver the program and whether the program went, went ahead or not. So we had a lot of conversations and we looked internally in terms of saying, right, well, the program needs to go ahead. Actually, does the program need to be exclusive? Or was this a moment when we were facing down lockdown and changes in terms of how we worked and everyone was stuck at home? Could we turn this into a open opportunity for everyone in the industry to learn about how to build their professional brand? through Verizon Media Academy and it was a really robust conversation that we had internally to say, what's our guiding light? What's our strategy in terms of our mission for what we're trying to do for our customers? And it, if it is moving the world forward, the world is our community, the world is our society, the world is our not just our immediate customers mm. but it's also people in the industry. So, so we, you went
0: wider, we, you know, more inclusive and, and absolutely, all those sorts of good things. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And we discovered that it wasn't just about nurturing the next generation. It was in a time when people just wanted to learn. So we had senior people join the academy as well and learn about resilience, the neuroscience of resilience. We would had um, senior people really lean in and understand how to redefine the barriers between work and life now that everything is all mushed together. And it was, you know, a continuation of that this year. Yep. And we had um, people from across international borders join us as well. So it's not just an Australian, New Zealand thing. Yep. And we had international speakers like Cindy Gallup, who's the founder of um, Make Love Not Porn and also the founder of BBH in New York, yep. talk about how we can challenge the industry to make it better.
0: So. If I think about this from a market sort of comparison point of view, on one side on the B2B, you've got the telcos and that sort of that Verizon world. You're speaking about a publishing world and a community world. What strikes me that that's coming through in the flavor of what you're talking about is just how personal you want this brand to be or these suites of brands um, in, in quite a remarkably different way to very traditional notions we have about telco Uh, and media and tech in Mm. particular. And the reason I bring that out is an interesting part of the Yahoo story that you um, touched on just briefly. The interesting thing about Yahoo's story was that it was this curated version of the web, so it was inherently personal. It was actually about these two founders and then obviously a team of people. Of course, the downside is they discovered humans don't scale <laughs> and that's the Google story, uh, You know where machines took over from that thing. But what I love about that was the personalization aspect. So in a sense, what I'm doing is drawing a connection here to that really exciting part of the the Yahoo history, the legacy, the origin story. Was that an intentional thing or it's just a, in an interesting way to understand how things have come full circle.
1: So, I think this is the the magic that we have as Verizon Media having Yahoo is that we we do straddle both.
0: We mm. straddle
1: the there is a publishing side that mm. is tapped into culture. As a publishing business, you need to understand what is making your readers tick and what's important agenda to be driving there. So that cultural aspect of our business is really important. And then there is the scalability and the technology and the connectivity that you use and that's evolved over time. That is the code side of our business that enables that connection to our readers with information that's useful for them or advertising messages that are helpful to what they're looking for as a consumer. Mm. So sitting against the two between culture and the code I think is, is important and being truly connected because we're one business mm. ultimately mm. Um, with a lot of partners that we work with to deliver out these um, these aspects. I think that's really, really um, unique in the marketplace. And it's the evolution. You know, we talk about legacy brands. And as I said before, it gives you the freedom to be able to make it relevant, to make that relevant to our commercial partners and customers and to make that relevant to consumers. They might see, um, you know, Yahoo Finance content completely differently um, to uh, how they see other financial news because it talks to them and it is important to what they're looking for, which is about taking control of their finances. And, mm. and that's really, really uh, my job and my team's job is to enable that connectivity.
0: I love that idea you just mentioned, culture and code. It's like you're taking the best bits mm. of those worlds and how you're sort of bringing yeah. those together. And I, th- I think that's, that's, that's really awesome. It's a really good way to think about the connecting points between different parts of an organisation. And so to that point, what are you learning from the code side? And I know that you're on the board of the IIB, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got sort of two lenses about how you think about this. I'm sure, which is the the industry, the trends, the you yeah. know, how do we the governance aspects of it, but also I'm sure quite a, a granular view of what's happening in our business. How do we how do mm. we enable that? How do we tell the story of what makes us different? So so give yeah. us a, a little world, a view into your world there.
1: So I think it is a very complicated world, and it's a complex world in terms of technology. Um, Regulations evolve, um, consumer uh, expectations are also evolving and changing Mm. and, you know, our role as, as part of the industry is to make it simple for our customers and make it simple for our consumers. What we are really, really focused on is providing diversity. Of voices, that's a really um, important part. Certainly for me, as a as a senior marketer mm. in the business, is to um, champion diverse voices in the industry. And what we've seen from things like the code, media code, and the inquiries that we've had um, is a growing need to keep it open, and um, and uh, a need to educate. The consumers mm. about choice. Yep, um, we've launched the Yahoo search campaign to just remind Australians that they do have a choice when they're navigating content online.
0: You mean Yahoo search is still there?
1: Yahoo search <laughs> is absolutely there, and it's you know it comes full circle because once upon a time, you know, at barbecues, I would say to people I, I work for Yahoo, and they would say oh, isn't that a search engine? Yeah, And you yeah, kind of go, well, yeah. actually, no, there's all these other brands, Yahoo Finance. But yes, we are absolutely still a search engine yeah. and we are still connecting people to their passions and the content that matters to them. Yep. And it's a reminder that um, people have a choice mm. in terms of how they navigate this internet um, today and uh, and it's important that they know that there is a diverse suite of tools available for mm. them.
0: Now, have you got a question you'd like me to answer on the show? Just tweet at CMO Show or use the hashtag #TheCMOShow. I'd love to hear from you. This culture, um, the inclusion, the diversity—all these aspects that you're bringing into the brand—it seems to me quite clearly differentiating yourselves in the marketplace. So. What are the, the challenges that you face in terms of getting your message out there? What were the steps that you went through to get the story told? What was the thought process?
1: I'm glad you asked this question. It's actually a really interesting <laughs> question. I am from an immigrant family. I'm Taiwanese. Okay. Um, so my family emigrated to Australia when I was six. Didn't speak a word of English when I um, first moved to Brisbane. Media was very much my, you know, learning Um, language learning, you know, watching play school growing up, you Mm -hmm. know, as a teenager, Mm -hmm. reading Girlfriend, Dolly, Cosmo, you name it. And the one thing that was really interesting throughout that whole time and growing up with Australian media was the lack of diversity. I wanted to be blonde and blue eyed. There wasn't anyone that looked like me. And the only person that did look like me was Lilin Chin from the SBS News at the time. You know, I love brands and marketing and advertising, and that's what brought me into the industry because I love the media I was consuming. Mm. And uh, as I was moving through, you know, agency world through my early parts of my career, what I was finding is every time I stood up in front of the company, every time I presented work, I would have people milling around after the presentation and saying, that was amazing work coming from you, but amazing to see you you know, an Asian woman mm. up on stage. yeah. And I think that is the thread that has pulled through my entire career today is around not just delivering effective work, but also delivering it as a female Asian leader in the industry. And what that yeah. means for other people who are coming up through the ranks, who have someone that they can relate to or understand in a very diverse way and give them the opportunity.
0: It's clearly given you a fuel for, for what you're doing. And I, I wanted to ask you about this because you're on the boards of all these amazing organizations. Uh, a board member of Dame Changer, the um, IAB, Angel Investors, Scale Investors and uh, Activator uh, at Shio.
1: SheEO is um, oh, she a wrong, wonderful yeah. wonderful network um, supporting female entrepreneurs yeah and i think in terms of the involvement of how i select my side hustles it, it's about you know the value i bring to those businesses and providing a different perspective yeah growing up and wanting to be assimilated into a culture that's so rich but not as diverse as it could be, yeah. this is now my opportunity as a leader in the industry to be able to bring a different perspective, a different train of thought and challenge some of the norms um, and to open the doors for other people who mm. want to participate fully in the mm. conversations in media, in marketing, in ad tech, uh, and give them an opportunity to um, and platform to talk about it. And it really beautifully ties into our corporate strategy and what drives me in terms of getting the Verizon Media brand out there, but also getting the Yahoo brand out there.
0: Yeah. So there's a really great synergy between the brand strategy and your own personal journey. What are you learning from those board experiences? How is that informing the work that you do? I imagine a lot of people would actually think the other way around. I'm going to go out there and give, Mm. but I imagine you're actually receiving quite a lot.
1: It's both. I chose um, to be. Yeah, you know, I chose to accept those board roles on the basis that I can give mm. um, back to smaller startups, scale ups, not for profits. I'm learning a huge amount in terms of staying up to date with innovation and mm. technology. As I said before, the market moves so quickly, and you have different ways of doing things because there's startups that are trying to solve the problem that's always been there but in a different way and that allows me to um, be a part of that solution from a board advisory point of view but it also allows me to take inspiration and energy back into the business and to be able to inject that back into you know brand strategy we're creating or um, feedback to the commercial opportunities and the partnerships that could be created off the back of that.
0: So what advice would you give to somebody who would be thinking, all right, I need to sort of widen my sphere of influence here. I need to get connected into some other board experiences. What would you say to them?
1: I would say, start by networking. Um, Start by um, going to various um, networking opportunities where startups and scale-ups are um, sort of looking for industry or corporate relationships. I think it's not about just walking straight into a board role, I think it's about understanding what you know startup businesses need and where you fit in terms of providing that value exchange.
0: Mm. It's a learning journey, right? It where is do a I fit and what do I like? and yeah, yeah what are the people that I can kind yeah. of bounce off and maybe get connected to different opportunities?
1: And it's also chemistry. Yeah, you know, startups are really at the core, so close to their brand values right at the beginning. Mm. You know, the founders they are at the singular personification of yes. that brand strategy. Yes, of course. And um, you've got to buy into that, and you've got to believe that, and help them perpetuate and propagate that across you know, new members that they're bringing on, um, new customers that they're um, signing on as well. It's really, you know, you're know, you starting at the ground level when it comes to brand strategy with startups.
0: Mm. Are there any decisions that you've made in your role at Verizon Media which have really taken inspiration from some of those people or, or those experiences that you've had?
1: Many, many. Mm. I think the principle of what it is is around – How do I do something innovative? and fresh and different and what are the things that I'm seeing out in, you know, my um, other capacities Mm. that can come back into the business, whether it's partnerships, whether it's a a new way of reframing a value proposition for a consumer um, or whether it's, you know, how we do things internally as well as a marketing team and how we market ourselves internally to our stakeholders Mm. and how our broader business can um, connect from an internal Comms corporate comms perspective.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I, you know, it just seems to me like a, a big hot tip. You know, if you're not actually on other boards or um, thinking beyond yourself as a marketer or in comms, um, you, you're kind of missing this. You can talk about diversity, uh, diversity of thought, uh, diversity of experiences, uh, and all the other forms of you know uh, difference and change that we can embrace and learn from. How are you sort of thinking about that in the context of the leadership team? At Verizon Media, so so I think you bring an extraordinary uh, ability to to influence the senior executives as well, right? So that peer relationship at the C suite, how are you finding that dynamic? Because I imagine you would be something of a game changer, or an innovator, or a sort of a you know pushing. Why don't we? You know, is that is that sort of what's going on?
1: Absolutely, it's doing it in a productive way. Yeah, Um, And we have an amazing leadership team led by Paul Sigloff, who's our managing director um, across ANZ and also INSEA. And, you know, the culture that has been um, developed from a leadership point of view is one of support and one of doing good. Yeah. You know, we were all signed on, like I said before, the, you know, the startup journey and a corporate journey. Yeah. There is, you know, parallels and we signed up to, creating the networks that move the world forward. We want to truly connect um, our customers and our advertisers and consumers and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's the galvanising North Star Mm. for the whole entire leadership team. Is what we're debating going to move our world forward? Mm. Is what we're um, doing or the strategy, is this on brand for us, on strategy for us? And my role is to continue to challenge that in a productive way. Mm. Um, provide external perspectives as well from a customer point of view yeah. um, and a consumer point of view. You know, I represent the consumer insight. You know, what do our consumers look for? What are they? Um, what are they wanting? from our brands, uh, and that's the voice I bring to the table. And, and clearly the
0: voice of diversity too, by the way. It's got to be part of leadership. It's got to be the way that we think. It's got to be a normalised, inclusive view, right? Is that sort of how you think and what you're yeah. pushing? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I've you know, wanted to be blonde and blue-eyed for so long, and now I've you know <laughs> finally embraced you know, my superpower and my ability to give different perspectives, to take different considerations. But that is, you know, that is certainly, um, you know, providing different perspectives. My role in yeah. any situation, uh, and to also galvanise the team around change and shifting in a positive way. Mm. And again, that guiding light is so important. Mm. Does this move our world forward for the better? Mm. Does this improve our um, situation? Does this help our customers? We had, a, um, through last year, we talked about this phrase often around being human and helpful. I think that human aspect is so important because every human is different and respecting that humanity is incredibly important off the back of the year that we've just had. And that means respecting inclusion and being diverse in thought and being respectful of that and being able to just drive the agenda forward for the leadership team.
0: Wow. Well, in wrapping it up and concluding, what's the the one big thing maybe that you haven't done yet? or that you're pushing towards, I mean, you've, you've obviously, you're bringing together all of these brands and we've talked about the, the leadership perspective, and we've talked about how you're bringing together B2B and B2C. Um, I, I imagine there's still a journey to go in, in maybe more tightly or neatly tying all of that together and, and, presenting it as a unified whole. But is, is there any other aspect of your journey that's really like the, you know, the big dream or the, the vision as to where I want to take this organization in the coming years?
1: Great question to finish <laughs> off. I want to take it to a point where our marketing and what we say in the messages that we have, where we talk inclusivity, where we talk about diversity, is normal. That we don't have to actually have this type of conversation anymore. Yeah, we don't have to headline it. Exactly. And that I don't have to talk about my background in this way to help people understand because they already know, they respect it. And I think that's a, that's a society and that's the industry. I think we need to be driving for where this type of conversation is normalized, um, that we have full representation mm-hmm. and that we have a media landscape where we celebrate not just the big, but the small voices and the diverse voices that we have um, across the board. Um, I think that's, that's a big dream. And I think that starts with all of us and what we can do every single day in terms of championing inclusivity, diversity.
0: Annie Havercroft, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm inspired. I think, um, I I quite imagine everyone has learned more than a few things um, from your story and the way that you particularly approach brand strategy uh, from a much wider, more inclusive perspective um, than we most commonly see. So again, thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark.
0: I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Annie Havercroft. Verizon Media, I think, is a really great example of a brand that draws on diverse experiences and ideas to deliver content that consumers want and, of course, build brands that people love. I loved her advice in particular for CMOs and senior executives when she talks about investing in people and her belief that a workplace where every employee is empowered to share their authentic selves and feel seen and heard ultimately leads to more meaningful conversations and connections with customers. Now, before I go, make sure you subscribe to The CMO Show on your favourite podcast app if you haven't already. Thank you for joining us on The CMO Show. As always, it's been great to have you with us. Until next time. The CMO Show is brought to you by the team here at Filtered Media. The show is produced by Charlotte Goodwin and Stephanie Wu. It's engineered and edited by Tom Henderson and Daniel Mark.